Today's episode is brought to you by Mazars. Sound Cartel. Borders may have reopened and most COVID restrictions dropped, but labour shortages are proving a persistent problem for many small businesses. So what can you do to retain your workforce or to find new employees in such a competitive marketplace? From Sound Cartel, I'm Nicole Goodman, and this is Business Essentials Daily. Chadwick is the People and Culture Manager for Pharmacy Alliance, one of Australia's largest pharmacy groups. She's not only had to deal with a drastic shortage of pharmacists, but IT specialists, general pharmacy workers, and needing to fill a large number of head office roles. But she's got some great advice for how to combat the problem. Anne-Marie starts by explaining the nature of her business to Jeff Waters. Pharmacy Alliance currently represents around 750-ish pharmacies across Australia, from the southern tip of Tasmania right through to northern Australia, Tiwi Islands and Thursday Islands, so, and capturing remote, rural and metro areas as well. We have a support team of about 65 people that help to support those pharmacies, and that's across five business units. So we have merchandise or procurement that look after all the products in the pharmacies. We have marketing, finance and IT, operations. So a huge team that work out in the field as well as at our office in Melbourne to support the teams in the pharmacy stores to help them with their operations and, of course, HR. So a fairly large business. What sort of labour market challenges have you been facing lately? So there's been an increased level of support that pharmacies are providing local communities. So through COVID, there were times when pharmacies, you know, apart from a supermarket or a petrol station would be the only business in town. There were times when it's pharmacies and pharmacists that provide the only health support in some towns. So there's been a a wonderful, renewed and revived appreciation and need for pharmacies and pharmacists in our communities, especially through COVID. And then, of course, more recently with vaccinations and rat kits and all of the support that we provide to people around COVID and health and wellbeing. So, unfortunately, what's also happened is we have much less pharmacists available to work in community pharmacies. Quite a lot joined the requirement to help with vaccinations. We also have less pharmacists coming into Australia from overseas with the closure of our borders. So previously, we'd get quite a lot of pharmacists that were either coming into Australia to work on a temporary visa for the experience or relocating and and wanting to move to Australia permanently. So we haven't had those recently. And similarly with pharmacy students. So we don't have the same level of graduates coming out of pharmacy at the moment because normally around about 50% of overseas pharmacy graduates would stay in Australia even for a period of time. So we haven't had those for a couple of years either. So right now we are in a period of a chronic shortage of pharmacists. That's something that we hopefully over time will improve, but it is going to take quite a little bit of time. What about uh, general pharmacy staff and pharmacy managers? Yeah. Look, it very much depends on the area. So not as bad in, I'd say, metro or larger rural towns. 
And that's probably around the fact that there's quite a few people that had perhaps previously worked in retail and bought some other relevant experience that have been able to then pivot across to pharmacy. It's very related. You know, of course, there's always a preference for pharmacy experience, but there has been some pool of talent there to be able to dip into for the other staff. It's generally the ones that specifically need some sort of qualifications. So the pharmacy assistants, the dispense techs, those sorts of roles where they need to have specifically pharmacy qualification and experience that have probably been a little bit harder. But the most chronic shortage definitely is with pharmacists. So what are you doing to try to overcome these issues? Mm. As I mentioned, that's going to be something that will take a while. We're really looking at a long-term approach. We're also offering employment opportunities for new graduates. So we're providing what we call intern labs to try and attract new graduates into our pharmacies and also trying to encourage high school students, particularly in rural areas, to consider pharmacy as a career particularly females, but all students, it seems to have waned slightly in popularity in terms of a career, whereas it's actually a fabulous and very broad career for someone to consider. So we're actually going to be introducing a rural scholarship program to help support some rural students to go through pharmacy college, and then they'll have a guaranteed job at the end of that. And something that's really important that's coming out of a lot of research that we're seeing at the moment around what candidates are looking for when they're looking for jobs and what, you know, I'm sure sure it's no different for pharmacists, is that work-life balance, fantastic culture, but at the end of the day also remuneration and benefits. So the challenge for a lot of smaller business owners and for some pharmacy owners is that the salaries of pharmacists has increased significantly in order to attract pharmacists to particularly remote and rural pharmacies, but all pharmacies right now. So some of our members are having to get pretty creative around some of the benefits that they offer. So it's not just around salary packaging. It is around the support and professional development, or it might be around support around accommodation, relocation costs, all those sorts of extra benefits that you're able to offer somebody. We're having to be very creative around that and offer some fantastic attractors to get people to work in the pharmacies and and to move to some of the more remote areas. Sorry, just to put pharmacists aside again and talk about the other general staff, are you feeling wage pressure there as well? Look, definitely at the moment, increased pressure on talent and we're finding in the digital so the IT and finance and analytics space, there's been a sudden increased pressure on those roles. And a lot of that's come from COVID and the increased need for that type of talent and knowledge and experience. For example, you know, when COVID hit and stores closed, most of the retailers suddenly upped their online retail offer and presence. So they needed a lot more techie people, you know, more digital, more data analysts, more marketers working in that digital space. So suddenly there was this huge shortage in those spaces. And they're careers that haven't been around for a really long time. You know, some of those people that have incredible skills in those areas are probably only three to five years out of university in some cases. So you don't have a massive talent pool. So that's definitely been a huge pressure on our business and most businesses that I know. I guess the other thing too is that with the improvement in 
digital access also comes recruiters, so whether they're internal recruiters that are working for organisations or recruitment agents, their ability to search and find talent and reach out to them directly. So one thing that we've noticed has really risen quite dramatically recently is direct contact from organisations approaching employees and asking them directly if they'd like to apply for jobs or if they're interested in considering new roles. So that puts a lot of pressure on organisations and employers to really try and be ahead of the game. And I think we just have to be very aware that this is happening. We've got to make sure that we're keeping very close contact with our team members. Part of that, I guess, speaks back to making sure that we've got a a strong relationship with our team members. We're focusing on very, very individualised experience in the workplace or an incredibly positive culture with individualised experience so that people can really write what their future will be with our organisation. It's around making sure that they're able to consider what they would like to do in the future, so what their succession will look like, what development they need, and really trying to work with people individually to make sure that we're not only keeping up those lines of communication so that if there are any concerns or indeed they do get approached, they feel comfortable talking to us about it, but also so that we can be ahead of the game and really be prepared to offer them what they feel they need for their own personal and professional development. So you've given us a few there already, but are there Mm. any other tips that you could offer to small business people out there? Yeah, look, when you do have vacancies, use all the channels that you can find to advertise and promote your business and the vacancies you have. So I guess we have access to many more platforms. So social media in smaller communities, Facebook is an incredible tool for businesses to use. And even in metropolitan communities, Be aware of local community Facebook pages. Make sure you update your own business page. And it's quite amazing how valuable those pages can be to communities. We have pharmacies that will have engagement on Facebook from three quarters of the local town. You know, the numbers are are phenomenal. So an amazing way to reach out to those communities and provide support, but also connect and, and then advertise roles. The bigger platforms like Seek and LinkedIn are really, really important. And if you don't have your own business on LinkedIn right now, I would highly recommend that every business does that. And again, you can promote and advertise any vacancies there. But you can also promote your business and the culture and the experiences that people working in your business are having. And that's something that a lot of job seekers will look to when they're doing research around a role and research around an organisation that they may want to apply to or they've heard a vacancy. They'll often go to LinkedIn or Facebook to have a look at the page to see what sort of culture you have, see how your employees or team members are experiencing life working with you. So they're really, really key supports. There's also... A few job sites that are less expensive, perhaps, than some of the bigger ones. And depending on the industry, can be quite valuable. And and their websites such as Jora or Indeed, often you can get a free postings or at a lower cost. So you really just need to put your net out there and cast it wide in order to be able to really capture the marketplace. 
and how can workforce planning help businesses? Yeah, so there's been some really amazing research that's coming out at the moment about the changing priorities for employers to consider in the workplace and managing and really developing their workforce. And they include things like building critical skills and competencies. So it's really tough to predict future skills. As I mentioned, some of the skill shortages right now are are roles that didn't exist five or 10 years ago. So organisations really need to be aware of that and be building those critical skills and any new skills they need within their organisation. So upskilling some of their team members, structure talent management around the skills sometimes and not always around the roles. Other things are organisational design and change management management. You know, more than 50% of HR leaders are saying that their employees are fatigued by all the change that's going on at the moment. You know, we've come out of a couple of really difficult years where the world is changing and the workplace is changing. So how do we best support our teams to help to provide them with stability and assurity around not only their jobs, but their futures as well. So you really want to target a positive change experience for them. Increase workplace health. So health and well-being is also an enormous focus at the moment in the workplace and something that us being in the pharmacy industry is a particular focus. But, um, you know, we do need to be a lot more holistic about the way that we approach our team members and how we can best support them to thrive in the workplace. The other thing is the current and future leadership bench. So really being focused on that development internally and succession planning internally, which really helps to fill gaps. You know, if you do find that some of your talent leaves, just be ready and be prepared to fill those gaps with current employees and current team members, because it'll always be a much better option, both from a cultural perspective, from a skills perspective, and also from a financial perspective, because there's less cost then in having to recruit someone externally. Almost 50% of HR leaders are prioritising the future of work, saying that the pandemic's really disrupted our workforce and the way we plan for the future. So we really need to be aware of that and be ahead of any sort of future work trends and changes. So, for example, flexible working arrangements is one of those that's now a very entrenched trend and something that a huge percentage of candidates are asking for as a priority when they're wanting to move roles or looking for a new job. And not all organisations have been as quick to understand and appreciate and prioritise how important that is for some people. And I guess finally is diversity and inclusion. You know, a diverse workforce is a wonderful, rich, varied and much more successful workforce than one that isn't. So it's something that we need to be conscious of. And at times we need to prioritise that when we're looking at our skill shortage or potentially looking at hiring new people. Just be aware of that having a diverse workforce and having diverse teams really does equal a much more successful environment and a much more positive and inclusive environment for people to work in. So again, that's something that's become very, very important. HR leaders are prioritising. Often they struggle to kind of hold business leaders accountable for diversity, but it is a conversation that we need to have and a very important conversation that we need to be aware of. That was Anne-Marie Chadwick, People and Culture Manager for Pharmacy Alliance. This episode of Business Essentials Daily is produced by the team at Sound Cartel. Thanks for listening. I'm Nicole Goodman. We'll bring you more B-Daily 
tomorrow. Follow at BE Daily Podcast across social media and head to bedaily.com.au for more from the Business Essentials Daily Podcast. Sound Cartel. This episode was brought to you by Mazars. To find out more, visit mazars.com.au. That's M A Z A R S.com.au.